Father, we are so thankful that you sent your son Jesus, the God-man, that he came to love. He came with a mission to cure us. And we are so thankful that we are cured, that we are restored, that we have a resurrected life. We love you, Jesus. We do gather to celebrate that, and I would in, in, invite you to bear with me for a moment. And go ahead and bring the lights up. Are they all the way up? I don't know. Yeah, just bring it up. We're going to go. Um, I know this morning we gather to celebrate life, and it's Christ is more than deserving. Um, he's so good. I can't say it enough. I hope you see it uh, in conversation. I hope you see it in the church, His body. You see something different. You see a hope. You see life. It only comes from the Spirit of God. But before we go there, we're going to step back and embrace a moment in my life that has changed me forever. When suffering comes and life gets hard and we begin to feel blue, we can trust truth within as he says, look how I suffered for you. He could have called 10,000 angels, but on that cruel cross he stayed. His vices mar more than any man and gladly our sin debt was paid. Now His strength is made perfect in us when we suffer and are weak. Our spirit is lifted as we trust and those troubles aren't so bleak. It's in the darkest valleys of life His truth shines the brightest. And when our loads are the heaviest, we learn His are the lightest. He bids us to come, come one, come all. Bring your burdens to the Lord, for His joy is our strength in the valley, and His blessings are outpoured. When suffering seeks, it doesn't knock. It enters unforeseen, and God's grace goes before to welcome it in. March 27, 2014, my life would not be the same. It's a typical Thursday. I can't find my keys. Uh, Mel can't find her phone. I was grabbing Boone and Maisie and making our way, just doing the natural routine every day. And she drives back up with my keys, and I have her phone. <laughs> she forgot, and I couldn't. She took my keys with her to work. And we continued down up north on 16 to drop my son and daughter off. And as I approached my mother's house, Normal, every day. She sits there, and as I walk out the door, I say, one more smile. Maisie had a smile. It encouraged me every time I walked out the door. I head to work. 
for a team meeting. And before I know it, my brother, he storms through the, through the door. We got to go. It's the longest ride of my life. I called my bride and said, find a substitute now. We got to go. Pick up mail and we drive to the property. And as we begin down this road, a revelation happens. The Spirit began to work in me, oddly, because it's not normal. It's supernatural, as my counsel would tell me. He's the great groom. And he can choose his bride to be. As we arrive on the scene, there's cops. Looks like a movie. <laughs> Straight out of CSI, however you want to view it. We arrive on the scene. There's air med to our left. There's an excavator. There's everything but Maisie. My older brother approaches me. Son, it's your daughter, Maisie. Where is she? She's in the water. For all, close to what felt like eternity, for an hour we stood there, my wife. That's hopeless. If you even have a child, that's hopeless. You can't do nothing. You can't do anything. So my wife and I stood there seeking any comfort we could find. And as I hold her tightly, they remove her from the water and the ambulance drives by, still standing hopeless. When will we get to see her? We didn't know. We asked questions. Friends loved us. Friends nurtured us. Pastors from all over the community, people that I didn't even know, speechless at what has happened. So we jump in the car and we drive to the ER, Lady of the Lake, and when we arrive, there's Maisie. The nurses did everything they could. I trust that. Anyone involved did everything they could. But God is in control. So after my wife and I, we had a chance to hold her say our goodbyes. We knew she was going to be with the Lord, her soul. But to hold her one last time, it was good. But she wasn't there. Her smile wasn't there. Her warmth. Her personality. She was already with Jesus. So we returned to the waiting room and friends gathered all around. We a lot of them. <laughs> to, even to the point where the ER nurses, people are like, I've never seen this before. His friends just gathered and waited. There was nothing to say. We left there and went home. And as I was walking out the door, I mentioned a mentor. He said he's the great revelation number two. That Jesus... God the Father, He's the great gardener. And He can choose any flower He so chooses. So we continued home to meet with family. At first I was like, no, I want to be by myself. But 
Then I started to begin to go back to the word truth, foundational. God created the church. God created family. And we need to be with family. So we gathered immediate family, gathered in our home, and in God's strength, Jesus moving through me, I was able to share that that Melissa and I were turning to Jesus. We invited everyone to do that because that's the only place I know I can find strength. I was numb. Don't remember a lot of it. I'm trying to tell you as much as I remember. There's friends and family. I I love you. I I know many of you stopped by. Um, I, I can't tell you if you did or not for the most part. And I, I trust that and I thank you. So we leave that Friday to go make funeral arrangements. It's hard. Church, that's hard. People, community, that's hard. It's not supposed to be that way. Yeah. She's supposed to make arrangements for me. So we continue in our preparations for her service. Saturday's long. Friends continue to come and go from out of town, five, eight hours, able to Skype with friends. So we wait on Saturday to lay her to rest on Sunday. Many of us in this room gathered Sunday at Amit, went to her graveside, and then came here to enjoy a feast. And then the dust began to settle And that's when we began to wrestle. Forever change set into motion a leg of this grace grace, resulting in depths of pain, wonder, fatigue, and gain. Not knowing what the next hour would bring, waves of thoughts, emotions would rush against me as if I were a vessel attacking the roughest seas. Waking to the light, knowing my daughter was no longer in my life, I found myself in a desperate, constant fight, seeking eagerly to to rewind, but learning, by Christ alone, there's only redeemed. Knowing my family broken and looking to me, joy and suffering. I've read it, even taught, but now I live it, and point to the cross. To take a time such as this and attempt to experience bliss doesn't make much sense. But by the rhythm of God's grace, it's the only way to endure this race. Paul mentions in Romans that suffering produces an endurance. In Romans chapter 5, verses 1, It says, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And through Him, we have also obtained access by faith into His grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character. Character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame. Because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us.
We do not rejoice in trials and sufferings because they are pleasant, but because they produce a step-by-step deep transformation making us more like Christ. Suffering is how you and I relate to the cross. Good Friday was a bit different this year. And even as I met with Pastor Joe in the back, several faces embraced me and said, Are you excited? Easter, yes, He is risen. But I'm still learning how death is defeated in my daughter's life. It will be a long journey. So yes, this Easter is a bit different, but I do believe what Paul teaches, that suffering will produce endurance. In this race that God has given me, as I said earlier, it's only by the rhythm of God's grace I will finish. Only. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 7-18, through 18, it reads, But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God. He is in control and not to us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted but not forsaken, struck down but not destroyed, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may be also manifested in our bodies. For we who live are always given over to death for Jesus' sake so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our moral flesh so that death is at work in us and life in you. Since we have the same spirit of faith according to what has been written, I believe and so I spoke, we also believe, so we also speak, knowing that He who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and bring us with you into His presence. For it is also for your sake, so that the grace extends to more and more people and it may increase thanksgiving into the glory of God. So we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light, momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. And as we look not to the things seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. Suffering isn't meaningless. It's working in us the weight of eternal glory. I don't know yet. I see it moving in the church. I see Maisie's story opening doors for the gospel to move. But God is using and will use suffering to bring glory to Him here and now. I'm not sure where you're at. The story has touched many people. It's really three chambers of suffering that I look at. It's suffering with Christ. Suffering for Christ. And then there's also self-inflicted suffering. Decisions that we've made in our nature, poor decisions. But in some level, in some amount, we all wrestle 
with forms of suffering. But we've got to trust that in that suffering will produce that endurance. And that there is a weight of glory that is working in us for eternity. The third revelation I had sitting at the beach, I've always dreamed of leaving a legacy for my child and my children. I never thought God would use my child to leave one for me. Never would I imagine. Standing before you this morning, this Easter morning, beautiful day, and we go and celebrate with our families. We hunt eggs and eat candy and get miserable. That my daughter would open doors for you and I, and Jesus would use them to heal people and to advance his good news. In light of that, I have a few testimonies I'd like to share to encourage you, church, this morning. As we begin to switch gears and know that we understand that suffering isn't meaningless. Hey, Melissa, I have been praying for y'all so much. I feel really called to share a little story with you from today. I was in my seventh hour class, English, and God actually gave me an opportunity to tell Maisie's story in Casey's sermon from Sunday. And the response was awesome. And for the rest of the hour, God was our topic. It was amazing. God is amazing. Y'all are amazing. I'm praying for y'all. Death is defeated. We're about to start a book about a man who, who has ALS. And so from that, we got on the topic of death, and I could tell the conversation was going into a negative view of death. So I spoke up and voiced my Christian opinion. And y'all are my example. And then the teacher ran with it, and boom, God was our class discussion for the day. Death is defeated. A young lady lost her dad, never heard anything in light of the way Casey described death. She and her mom had began a healing process in a different light after a year of his death. Death is defeated. A lady came out of her house for the first time since her daughter committed suicide. Death is defeated. Casey, I'm not sure if you remember me, but I am a friend of Jamie, Blake's wife, and was her roommate at LSU. Ever since I heard about your sweet baby girl, I have been trying to put some words together to express my feelings. Even though I have not seen or spoken to you in years, I remember you vividly and remember the love and compassion you always showed to everyone you met. My family was recently gone through some trials. In short, my colon erupted in September when I was 25 weeks pregnant for my second child. I had to have emergency surgery to have my entire colon removed. He was born three days later, 15 weeks premature. Looking through your page, I found that our families have several similarities. My daughter is the same age as Boone, will be five next week, and my son is the same age as Maisie. My daughter's middle name is also Ray, like mine and Maisie's. I also came across a blog entry of your wife wrote about your son's time spent in the NICU. My son Ryder spent five months in the NICU. I have seen a lot of posts and comments on your page about suffering 
is not meaningless. That is something that I have thought about during our time of suffering. Twice my family has told, told me that they could lose both me and my unborn child. And I know that our suffering has not been meaningless. And it's just one person's life that changed everything in our suffering. It's been worth it. God bless you, Casey. I pray for you and your family. Your courage has been amazing. And I know that only, all that only comes from our Savior. And when I was so sick, when people would tell me how strong I was, not only because I was sick, but because I also had to watch my son suffer and fight for his life, my response was always that I am not strong and I am actually very weak. My strength comes from the Lord. It's our only explanation. Death is defeated. One of the ER nurses asked that her son's birthday presents, his first birthday, they were forego giving gifts to give donations in honor of Maisie. Gifts were made in honor of Maisie to support two Gideon Bibles. And money was given to the Louisiana Baptist Children's Home for foster and adoption. Death is defeated. Elementary, junior high, and high school students united together in order to honor Maisie by raising money for Jean's Day. And they wore daisy yellow shirts in her honor. From the west to the east coast of the United States, from London to Nicaragua, Social media pulsed with messages from friends and family who were in prayer for our family, for our church. This included my cousin in Angola. Death is defeated. I want to encourage y'all, I'm sure you already know, that this is an unfortunate situation that has brought much glory to God. I questioned everything at first and didn't handle it very well at all. Everyone at work hid from me, hid it from me until late that afternoon. But people who didn't even know, y'all, have been talking about your faith. Three people just yesterday. Even though I don't fully understand what God is doing, I know He is faithful and in control of everything. You guys are truly amazing. And we are in awe of how God is using you. This is just the surface, church. I cannot begin to describe the love that family and friends have done for me and my wife and boom. From monetary donations that exceed my mind, to small conversations on the front porch, to silence because there aren't words to say in times such as these. But you know what? Sunday's here and death is defeated. Amen. If my daughter's death played a role in the narrative of one story of grace, then I rejoice. 
If doors are open because the opportunity for the gospel to advance in one's life, resulting in eternal life and glory, I rejoice. I rejoice in the new life found in Jesus Christ, despite the physical life lost in mine. When I think of Maisie, I, I turn to Jesus. Even singing songs of angels and saints all around a door. There's a new light on that song for me. Though she's not here physically, but in spirit, the Lord has given me visions of just her bowed before His glory. And we have that opportunity here on earth to display that glory. When I think of Maisie, I do turn to Jesus and I'm reminded that God sent His one and only Son When my dad arrived on the scene that Thursday, he said quickly, Son, this will be the hardest thing you ever go through. He didn't miss a beat. So far he's correct. But then I think again of the cross. God sent his one and only. I still have a beautiful boy. And Lord willing, we'll continue to fill our quiver and shoot those arrows as straight as we can. But God gave His one and only Son. Christ died. Christ is risen. And Christ is coming again. Amen. So I have a message for the church and a message to the community. It's coming out of 2 Timothy chapter 2, 1 through 13. Chapter 2, 1 through 13. And Paul writes here to Timothy, "You then, my child." This is 2 Timothy chapter 2. I see some people turning there. Chapter 2 of the book of Timothy. 2 Timothy Verse 1. You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Share in suffering as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who has enlisted him. An athlete, an athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. It is hard-working farmer who ought to have the first share of the crops. Think over what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. Verse six. I mean, sorry, verse eight. Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, the offspring of David. As preached in my gospel for which I am suffering, bound with chains as a criminal, but the word of God is not bound. Therefore I endure everything for the sake of the elect, and they also may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. This saying is trustworthy for if we have died with Him, we will also live with Him. If we endure, we also reign with Him. And if we deny Him, He will also deny us. And if we are faithless, 
He remains faithful. As I said earlier, before we examined our hearts for the Lord's Supper, there are two people in this room. There are those who know Jesus, and there are people who do not know Jesus. My first message is for you, church, saints. In verse 1, he tells us to, Then you, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. I said earlier, I can only run this race by the rhythm of God's grace. So my message to you this morning is be strengthened by His grace daily. Turn to His truth daily. Go to the cross daily. Celebrate what we celebrate today daily. You have to to be able to walk this earth. When suffering comes unforeseen, and it will. To watch my wife get up from where she is sitting in the mud to go walk over to my mom shortly after we have heard of everything, the only way that happens is by the rhythm of God's grace and it working in her life every day. That's the only way that happens. We have to be strengthened by God's grace. And in verse 3, we continue to learn, it says, share in suffering as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Suffering will come, and we must share in that. In a sense, embrace suffering because we know it is doing the work in our lives. I can attest. And the third thing I want to mention to you, church, is found in verse 8. It says, remember Jesus Christ. He is risen from the dead and the offspring of David. Third point I want to make out to you is remember that Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. Oh, yes, He is. I went to my daughter's graveside this morning with my family and I was so thankful that I know she's not there. Her soul is with Jesus and Jesus is loving her and doing what a father does. And I have to trust that that He is risen from the dead in what we celebrate today. In verse 11, we continue to learn, church, that it says this, the saying is trustworthy for, if we have died with Him, we will also live with Him. We must die daily to ourselves and live with Him. And in verse 12, it says, if we endure, we will also reign with Him. We must endure this race called life in the rhythm of grace. And in verse 12, it continues to say, if we deny Him, He will also deny us. We must speak His name, church. We must stand firm and do not deny and do not back down because of comfort. I pray you choose Christ before comfort. Who cares about the awkward conversations? It is people's life. Death has a sting in me now. And it changes everything. And we must tell people, that there is hope and there is peace that surpasses all understanding here and now, but the glory is for eternity, and that is salvation through Jesus Christ alone. We are in a war. And I sat down and had conversations with many of us. If I was not at battle within this war that rages against man between good and evil, eternal and hell, I would not have these wounds. I would not understand what they're for. But because I am, I am in this battle and I have embraced this call as the church, we are in a war. And we've got to understand there will be wounds along the way. There will be discomforts along the way. But there will also be 
victory. We've got to believe that and be convicted and stand firm. And last but not least, in verse 13, thank God. If we are faithless, He remains faithful. God, I guess this good, good hope, truth, that in our unfaithfulness He remains faithful. We are human. We are a fallen kind. But God's grace works in us. And we can walk in victory only in Christ alone. We will walk through good and bad as we shared. We're going to celebrate life in a few weeks. New babies will arrive. New flowers will be planted. New brides to be. Maybe. We're not sure yet. Many people expecting children. Beautiful things. But we will also experience more suffering together. And one of the most beautiful pictures I had is that when my wife sat right about there, back row, we extended a few rows, but she sat right there surrounded by the church. And she let out mourns, deep groanings and mourns as like she was giving birth. And the church loved her and continues to love us. The women gathered around her, showed her affection that I can't, Understood on some levels that I can't. We will go through good like today. We will celebrate. But there will also be darker days too. Church, don't wait for tragedy to respond. Be the church now. We were loved as is I tell my wife and I explained to people we were in the center of a vacuum like a cyclone of just 20 deep people protecting us. You weren't messing with us. And it was not just family. This was church. This is people that I'm doing life with. And they're protecting us. And this is everything that I hoped and desired and prayed for. That I would raise my family within a faith family. That we will link arms and we will go to war together. And we did. And we are still in the middle of so my, my, my charge to you as pastor here, one of the pastors, is that we don't wait for tragedy to be the vehicle in which God has called us to be. Many of us have resources, monetarily and tangible. Many of us have gifts that God has given you to be able to, to edify the church and, and wisdom beyond years. Please don't wait to share that with the community. Don't wait for tragedy. We experienced a church, I believe, at its finest and continued to experience that in good and in bad. But there are people in this community who need to see church in a new light. And it starts with our neighbors. I switch gears now to a message to the community. It's your first time with us this morning. It's Some of you may or may not know Jesus Christ. But my message to you found in verse 1 is that when He teaches us to find strength and grace, Christ is our strength. Christ is my strength. Verse 3, when He tells us to share in suffering, we embrace the ultimate cup of suffering 
was on the cross. Jesus Christ took on all of sin. His Father turned His head as He embraced suffering. In verse 8, we remember that Jesus Christ has risen from the dead and we believe it. We believe Christ has risen. In verse 11, when we die daily, Christ is alive in us. Oh, that's good news. And we endure the rhythm of God's grace. Christ is working in and through us, church. Community, we hope you see that. Verse 12, we understand that when we speak His name and we stand firm, that Jesus Christ alone is our foundation to stand firm. And last but not least, when we are unfaithful, Christ is faithful. Jesus invites you today to find eternal life in Him and Him alone. But today we celebrate life in Jesus Christ, death defeated, Christ resurrected, Christ risen and Christ glorified. We gather to celebrate death defeated. And only Jesus Christ alone will take my daughter's death and make it good for His glory. Let's pray. Father, as we prepare to have communion, as we prepare to remember Your body and remember Your blood until You return, Lord, take care of my girl. We believe You are risen and that You are coming again. That You are our strength in times of weakness, but also in times of good health. You are our everything. So Father, thank You. Thank You that death is defeated. 